Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Stand up here so we can see You all can see me from down here just as well. Down here. So we're, con- we're kicking, continuing our series on Get Healthy. Uh, beginning of the year, people are focused on health and, and starting new workout regimes and, and diets and eating healthy, eating right. It's all good. So we thought we're going to continue that theme here at church. So this is the theme is get healthy. And today we're talking about detoxing or cleansing. Anybody ever do that? A, a cleanse diet or a detox diet? That used to be really popular a couple years ago, but still people still do it, right? And what the basic premise is this is that you, you eat very little or very basic foods. And in doing so, uh, you give your body time and the, the nutrients it needs to, to cleanse the toxins that are in your body. And so I was talking with this guy about, gosh, it was eight years ago. And he was telling me about this cleanse that he was on. And the cleanse was he could eat like rice and beans like a little bit in the morning. And then the rest of the day he could have water and with, with uh, lemon juice and cayenne pepper. <laughs> and he was saying how great this thing was and that like, he would like, go and, and work out and he would like, sweat and his sweat smelled differently. And he's like, you should try it. I'm thinking, like, on purpose? Really? <laughs> no, no, I don't want to eat cayenne pepper. That, that sounds horrible. But people who do these detoxes or cleanses say they're wonderful. And they help out quite a bit. But they are controversial. There are some doctors who say that your your liver does a good enough job detoxing your body and you really don't need to do anything that really intense or that extreme. Which is funny because it's not the first time that detoxing has been controversial. Because Jesus started it 2,000 years ago. He did. Jesus is at at a party. And the great thing about Jesus is he could go to a party and he could go party with sinners. I don't know what that looks like today, but in Jesus' time it was tax collectors and everyone else. They were the sinners, right? And the spiritual health professionals said, hey, that's a spiritually unhealthy thing to do. What are you doing? And Jesus said this. It's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And the implication is clear. Jesus only helps those who know they are spiritually toxic. Jesus can only help those who say, you know what, there are some toxins within me, and I need healing. I need help. And there are some people who don't think they have any spiritual toxins. And if that's the case, then Jesus says, well, I think we just found one. Because he says this, I desire mercy and merciful people. So I think there are three types of people in our world. There are the healthy, there are the detoxers, and then there are the sick and healing ones. See, there are people in our world who, who don't believe they're sick. They think they're, they're healthy. You probably know that guy. You know that guy? He shows up to work and he's like coughing up a lung, right? He's like, 
And you're in the break room, and he's getting a cup of coffee. He's like, you know, I was much sicker last year. This is nothing. And everyone's like backing away from that guy, and they're doing the, the hand-washing thing. And they're like, yeah, thanks so much for coming into work today. We love you, right? You know that guy? I know that guy. Because that guy used to go to my church in California when I was serving there, right? And he'd be like this. He'd be like, Pastor, you got to pray for me. I am so sick. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to pray for you and me both, man. <laughs> Thanks so much. But you know that guy. But spiritually, that guy is everywhere. Particularly, I think, in our Western culture. Because spiritually, there are people everywhere who say, you know what? I'm not that sick. In fact, I'm pretty healthy. Oh, I'm not perfect. But I'm better than that guy. And I'm pretty good. I don't need Jesus. Maybe other people do. But I don't. Do you know that guy? Maybe you are that guy. When I was in college, I took this great class called Christian Teachers Ministry. And, and the goal of the class was kind of get the, the ethos of being a servant uh, of Jesus uh, as a Christian teacher. And I, I audited the class because the professor was phenomenal, Professor Russ Moulds, just a great guy. We used to call him Professor Moses because he was so good. And uh, one of the first days of class, he's talking about uh, the grace of Jesus. And this, this brave and very honest student raises her hand and she says something like, I don't know why we talk about grace all the time. And Professor Mould said, well, because you know, we, we all need grace. We all need grace. And she, very honest and, and very bold, and she said, sure, I, I agree with that. I think that's wonderful. But I, I don't need that much because I don't do anything really that wrong. And, uh, and the professor said, oh, oh that's, that's good to know. It's college campus, so he says, so do you drink? I mean, you're underage, do you drink? She goes, oh, no, no, no. And uh, says, well, you know, you're, are you dating anyone? You have sex outside of marriage? Oh, no, of course not. Of course not. I'm a good Christian girl. He says, do you ever speed? <laughs> and she says, well, sure, but everybody speeds. <laughs> And the professor molds, he says, so, you're telling me that you don't trust God enough to take care of you even if you're late. And she said, I guess not. I guess I don't trust God. I guess I'm a sinner. And, she sa- and professor Mould said, and you are forgiven by the grace of God. We all need Grace. C.S. Lewis, he put it this way in his classic book, Mere Christianity. He, he wrote this. No one knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good. A silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. And this is an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. After all, you find out the strength of the German army by fighting against it, not by giving in. You find out the strength of a wind by trying to walk against it, not by lying down. A man who gives into temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. 
This is why bad people, in one sense, know very little about badness. They have lived a sheltered life by always giving in. We never find out the strength of the evil impulse inside us until we try to fight it. And Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means, the only complete realist. Had a, a wedding yesterday uh, with Jesse and Natalie. You guys know them. It's just a sweet wedding, sweet, sweet couple. Um, and we, we read the, the wedding verse that you always hear at weddings, right? 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't boast, it's not envious, it isn't proud. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And I said, Jesse and Natalie, and you guys are going to do that perfectly, right? And they're like, mm-hmm, right? I'm like, no, you're not. Because nobody's perfect. Nobody loves perfectly except Jesus. We all fall short. We're all sick. We are. We all need Jesus. We all need to be spiritually detoxed. Is that a word? I just made that up. So there's a second group of people. I call them the detoxers. And, uh, and this group of people, they, they see, they recognize what's in them. And they say, you know, the harder I try, the, you know, I, I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to be more disciplined, right? I know what's wrong with me, and I'm going to be more disciplined. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to stop gossiping. I'm going to be less selfish and more selfless. Because that's the great thing about marriage, is you find out how selfish you really are, right? I'm going to be selfless. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try harder. Have you been there? What happens when you do that? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it works great. But lots of times, the more you focus on the sin you're trying to get rid of, the harder it is. Because the more you focus on the sin, the bigger the sin gets. So a couple years ago, my wife decided we were going to do a cleanse. <laughs> Not the whole cayenne pepper, water, lemon juice cleanse, you know. This was like a pretty reasonable one. I, it was like, cut out all sugar and uh, no red meat. One, one of those ones, right? And you could drink as much water you wanted. You know, it, was, it, would lose, it seemed good to me, right? I'm like, I'm in favor, babe. I'm, I'm with you 100%. We're going we're to do this. We're going to get healthy. I'm with you. I could not stop thinking about burgers. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was like, and, and for some reason, it was like during that time span, people would call me up and say, hey, pastor, need to talk? Can we go out for lunch? I'm like, sure, I'd love to. They're like, where do you want to go? I'm like, Lark Burger. <laughs> Let's go to Lark Burger. And I come home, my wife's like, you smell like Lark Burger. I'm like, no, honey, no. Not, not me. Not me. Paul, the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, he put it this way. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate, I do. 
And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Now if I do what I don't want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. (laughs) But I see another law at work in me, raging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, who delivers me through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who will rescue you? Thanks be to God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because there's a third, third group of people. Called the sick and healing ones. See, ignoring the symptoms doesn't bring healing. And detoxing ourselves can help, but sometimes it makes things harder. So what's the answer? It's Jesus. The way to follow Jesus isn't to try harder. The way to follow Jesus is to remember who you're following. You follow Jesus. Jesus, an incredible creator. Jesus, a a generous provider. Jesus, a a gracious savior. Jesus, eternal friend and God. Follow Jesus. And this is the trick that, that all good marriages know. See, when you're with someone, that person will do something that annoys you. Well, my wife doesn't have that problem. But, but all, all the marriages, they, they, they have that issue, right? You're with someone and they're like, oh man, I wish you would stop doing this. I wish you would stop doing this. And you think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to let it bother me anymore. I'm just not going to focus. I'm just, it's not going to bother me anymore, right? And then it bothers you more because I keep on doing it, Right? And all good marriages know the trick is not to focus on what's the action, but on the person. My wife has learned this very, very well. (laughs) And to go, you know what? I love this person for who he or she is. And when that happens, the annoying thing becomes less and less important. Following Jesus is the same way. To look at Jesus and say, I'm following Jesus because he is my Lord and my Savior. He is the one who died and rose for me. He is the one who loves me perfectly. And I will follow him. And when we do that, the sin in our life becomes smaller and smaller. And that false God becomes less and less 
And Jesus becomes greater and greater. Because he's God. And he's good. This isn't to say that, that other groups out there that, that help with stuff like, like AA or a good friend who just holds you accountable is, is not the right thing to do. It's a good thing. And the reason they work is because of the power of friendship and those bonds that are formed in those groups. They're good things. They're important. But Jesus, Jesus is the friend who not only supports you, but also heals you. 1 John 1 it says this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a detox program. That's a cleanse. One of the goals we have in worship is that consistent reminder of the power of the cross of Jesus. We confess our sin and we we drop it at the foot of the cross. We receive the Lord's Supper and we we receive God's forgiveness and His presence. And we are His. Clean. So I I would encourage you, don't don't ignore the symptoms. Don't be like the spiritual health professionals in Jesus' day saying, you know what, we're pretty good. We really don't need that. You can try to do it by yourself. Sometimes it just makes it harder. Receive Jesus. Healer. Friend. Savior. God. Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we we thank you. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. Jesus, we, we thank you for the gift of grace. And Lord God, each and every one of us here struggles with something. And you know our hearts, you know our minds. You know where we struggle. And we all have different struggles. But they all have the same base and core and cause, Lord. That there are things in our lives that we use as a crutch, as a false God and Savior. There are things in our lives we find we use to find comfort apart from you. We use to find peace apart from you. We use to find fulfillment apart from you. Lord Jesus, we pray that your love and grace would overwhelm us and so that you become greater and those crutches and deep toxins in our life, they become less. Thank you, God. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus our Lord for life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Stand and praise your God.